Good morning, church family. It's good to see you this morning. Thank you for being here. If you're visiting with us, we're especially thankful that you are here, and we hope that you'll give us a little bit of your time after services to uh, get to know you a little bit better, uh, to introduce ourselves, to see if there's anything at all that we can do for you. It is good. It is good for us to be here together today on the first day of the week, worshiping God. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for worshiping God with us today. We thank you for this opportunity that we have. A few uh, things that I want to make sure that you know about. Uh, We want to praise God for a great ladies' day yesterday. I was not here, uh, but I heard it was great. I heard we had uh, close to 200 ladies who were here, had some great lessons, and appreciate, uh, first of all, definitely want to praise God for that. But we also want to thank all of our ladies who worked on that and and put so much time and effort and energy into uh, the preparation for the day and the preparation of the gym and and all of the things. Thank you, ladies, for putting the work into that. you attended that thank you for being there if you weren't able to attend try to attend next time Uh, next time we have one like that please make sure that you you come to that Uh, this weekend we've got another busy weekend friday night saturday morning and again on sunday night we've got a special singing workshop for uh song leaders and this just for anybody who who loves to sing or anything along those lines if you are uh, falling into that category we'd love for you to to be here uh there's all kinds of information about that in your bulletin uh steve letty would love to talk to you about that uh so if you want more details he will tell you everything and anything you want to know about that uh, so please uh, see him uh, about that and then one other thing that's a little bit further down the road but I want to put on your radar uh, the second Sunday in September is Grandparents Day here in the United States and uh, the last several years we've uh, celebrated that a little bit recognized that tied that into our worship and really most importantly giving you an opportunity to invite people to come to worship with us on an event we call Legacy Sunday uh, so if you, these are little postcards that you can send to uh, your grands. If you're a grandparent, we want you to invite your grandkids. If you're a grandchild, we want you to invite your grandparents. And there's uh, these little postcards are in the front foyer, also in the back foyer. Uh, they're all around the building. Just get one of these and uh, either take it to your grandparents and hand it off to them or send it in the mail. I think they're mailable. I made them in a way where I think they'll be mailable. Uh, so if you can make those, uh, send those out to your folks. It uh, would be a special day. Uh, we'll have a church eat church that day where uh, there'll be a catered meal. We'll have opportunities for uh, family pictures. Uh, if your, parent, your grandparents or your grandkids come, uh, everybody is certainly welcome to come, even if your grands can't make it for whatever reason. Uh, but please make sure that you are a part of Legacy Sunday. That's September the 10th. September the 10th. So make sure you get those and go ahead and send those out. In some of Jesus' last words on the earth, he tells his disciples about the authority that's been given to him. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then he says, because of that, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. In some of Jesus' last words, he perhaps, I would dare say, tells his disciples that we are today, if we're Christians, disciples of Jesus, he tells us the most important thing maybe he's ever told us, that he's got a mission for us, that he's got a job for us, that he has some expectations of what he wants us to be doing while he is gone and until he returns. And that's to go and make disciples of all the nations, of everybody, of anybody who will listen to and recognize the the power, the authority, and the good news of the gospel of Jesus, then they want to become followers of Jesus just like we are. Again, not perfectly following Jesus, but faithfully following Jesus. When we mess up and when we fail, we recognize that we own up to it and we try to do better. Here at Jefferson Avenue, one thing that we uh, started a few years ago was we have a a mission, we have a vision, and and really all the mission is is we we looked at the scriptures uh, for the Christians, uh, for the Christian church, for the believers of Christ, for disciples of Christ, and we tried to say, 
what does it really just break down to? What does God want us to do? And this is what this sign is that we have up here from time to time, and it's around the building other times, uh, that we recognize from the greatest commands when Jesus is asked, Jesus, what are the greatest commands? He says to love God with everything you've got. Love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Love God with everything you've got above everything else. Love God. And the second commandment is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So we as Christians, if, if you're new here, if you uh, have just started visiting with us or worshiping with us or just recently became a member, I want you to, to remind you, to let you know about something you might not even know. That our mission here is to love God and love others. But in addition to that, from the Great Commission that we've read several times this morning, we want to recognize that we are disciples of Christ. We're, we're people who are following Jesus. He is our teacher. He is our, our rabbi. He is our, our Lord. He's in charge of our life. And we want to be disciples. We want to do our best to follow him. But we also want to do what he told us to do. And what did he tell us to do? To go and make disciples. So we love God. And we love others. And we don't do either one of those things perfectly. And we're disciples of Christ, and we don't do that perfectly. And we encourage other people and challenge other people and beg for other people by telling them the good news and showing them the good things about what it is to be a Christian, a a follower of Jesus. We want them to be followers of Jesus too. That's our mission. That's what we're all about. That's what Ladies' Day was about yesterday. That's what the singing weekend will be about this coming weekend. That's what Legacy Sunday's about. That's what our Bible classes are about. That's what our worship's about. That's what everything we do here at JA is about. Loving God, loving others, being disciples, and making disciples. That is what we're about. And if you see any failures in that, point them out to us, because that's what we want to be about. We want to be about God's business, what Jesus has told us to do, and we love God And because of that, we want to do these things. In addition to that, we have a a vision. We have this mission, this this kind of overarching thing that that, uh, applies to everything that we do here. But we also wanted to narrow it down and and maybe kind of have a goal. Okay, what's what's something that we can do that will help us in our love for God and our love for others and being disciples and making disciples? And several years ago, the the elders here, our shepherds, they... they, uh, got a group of people that that do this kind of thing to, to survey the community and to find out some things about Cookville and the surrounding areas. And what they found, among many other things, one thing that they found was that in in Cookville and the surrounding areas, there are 45,000 people who are unchurched, people who don't claim to to go to church anywhere, who don't claim to have any kind of necessary religious affiliation or connection. There's 45,000. Do you think about that? You know, we're still kind of, I'm from South Carolina. I definitely think South Carolina is the the Bible Belt, but I think Tennessee is the Bible Belt too. And, And generally, when we look at people, when you meet people in the community, probably if you're like me, you just think, well, you just assume these people believe in God. You just assume these people are followers of Jesus. But at least 45,000, in reality, probably many more, but at least 45,000 have proclaimed, I am not a Christian. I do not follow Jesus. And so we try to take that information, our shepherds took that information, and they said, well, let's, let's have a goal. Let's think, what, what can we do with that? Clearly, the, the fields are ripe for harvest. There's plenty of people who need Jesus in our community. And they said, well, what if we could just reach 1% of that? 45,000, 1% of that is 450. So our, our vision is by 2030, which if you include the rest of this year and, and the year 2030 itself, that's eight years, by the end of 2030, for us to baptize, or, or let me say it this way, for us to disciple, which baptism is a part of in conversion, for us to disciple 450 people. 
Now, we can praise God, and we do praise God, that since uh, the end of 2021 through 2022 and so far in 2023, uh, we've discipled, we've converted, we've baptized about 30 people. We praise God for that. That's a great thing. I, I, I debated whether I wanted, wanted to ask, hey, if you're one of those people for you to stand up, but I'm not going to make you do that. But many of those 30 people are, are here today, and we praise God for that, and we're, we're hoping and helping them to, uh, to continue to grow and to mature and to be disciples of Christ. But I'm not really good at math, but you recognize that 30 from 450, there's still a long way for us to go in this, this vision, this goal that we have, right? 420 folks. And you may look at that number and say, man, that's going to be tough. You know, we, we've averaged, if we, if we include 2021, 2022, and 2023 is nearing to a close, we're, we're averaging somewhere between 10 to 15 people a year. That's not going to get it done, is it? It's not. If that's what we average for the next eight years, we won't get to 450. Okay, now, now that's not from God. It's not a, not a commandment from God that we do that, but, but it is a commandment from God that we go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them and teaching them to observe all that Jesus commanded us, right? That is a commandment. That's not an option. That's something we're commanded to do. This morning, We'll be in 1 Corinthians here in just a few minutes. If you want to turn there, we'll be in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and we'll, we'll notice about three different passages in 1 Corinthians. But this morning, I want, to, I want to encourage you a little bit. First of all, I want to say that if we're going to get 420 pe- more people uh, converted and baptized and discipled, we're not going to do it by ourselves. It's not going to happen if it's just us, if it's just up to, to our own uh, designs, our own programs, our own plans. It's not going to happen. It will not happen without God. But let me tell you something. That's the kind of mission, that's the kind of effort, that's the kind of ministry that I want to be a part of. I want to be a part of a ministry that's going to fail without God and will only succeed with God. Okay? That needs to be our prayer. God, we're trying to do something big for you because you are a big God and we love you and we know you have the power to help us do these things. Okay? So that's, let me encourage you to pray a prayer like that every day. Okay? And, and you are a part of that and you get to be plugged into that. But this morning I also want to, I want to show you that, that maybe that number 420, that just sounds, that sounds insurmountable. That sounds too big to you. And I want to show you that it won't happen without God. But I don't know that it's quite as hard as we want to make it out to be sometimes. So I want to show you, again, something uh, that I saw recently on, on social media and that sort of thing. That, and I think that there can be a little bit of interactiveness here uh, that I want to show you. What, what, that's gonna, what is that going to look like? Uh, what could that look like? Uh, the original thing that I first saw was, was about golf. So I thought about uh, some good golfers here at JA. I like to play golf. My ball ends up in the woods usually. Uh, so I'm really good hitting it out of the rough because that's where my ball always is. Uh, so, but I thought about, okay, well, who are some people who are good golfers? And I know that Parks is a good golfer, right? So uh, I'm, I've been told that. There is a, I haven't played with him, but I've been told he's a good golfer. Uh, he's even won a local tournament, okay? Uh, Parks does not want to stand up, but I'm going to talk about Parks right now, okay? And Russ, okay? Russ, I'm going to talk about you too. All right, Parks, if... Uh, if your dad said he wanted to motivate you because, you know, he recognizes you're a good golfer, right? And he wanted to motivate you a little bit. And he said, hey, uh, son, I'm, I'm going to give you 10 cents for every hole that you make a par on. Does that motivate you a whole lot? 10 cents for every hole? No, probably not. Not a whole lot, right? Uh, and, and Russ is probably like, yeah, I can handle that. 10 cents a hole? You know, you make a, you make a par on, on 18 holes, that's $1.80. My budget can handle that, okay? Uh, so maybe you say, well, Dad, Parks, maybe you say, Dad, Instead of 10 cents a hole, let, let's start at 10 cents a hole, but let's double it every hole. Every hole that I make par on, you double it. So first hole, 10 cents. Second hole, 20 cents. Third hole, 40 cents. Fifth hole, 
or whatever the next hole is, uh, 80 cents. Uh, and that doesn't sound like a lot. You, you know, Russ probably, you know, Russ, he's really smart, but maybe he would, he would have been tricked and said, yeah, I can handle that. But he wouldn't realize probably that the power of doubling, with the power of, of doubling, that 18th hole would be worth $13,000. 13000 plus dollars. Simply by doubling from 10 cents to 20 cents to 40 cents to 80 cents to $1.60, and I'm not going to go the rest of the way. You can check the math later if you want to. But $13,000 would be what the 18th hole is worth. Now, Parks, would that motivate you a little more? Yeah, that would motivate you a little more, right? Absolutely. So we think about this, this number, 420, and we think that's really maybe a little bit insurmountable. But again, I want to show you uh, why maybe it's not quite as difficult uh, as we might make it out to be. Uh, Matthew Sims, you here? Hey, can you, can you come up here for a second, please? Matthew? All right, so let me show you what this looks like uh, in, in people, okay? So you, you, you sometimes maybe you can't even wrap your mind around the fact that when I first saw it, I couldn't wrap my mind around the fact either. You just stand right up here on the stage in front of the sign. Thank you, sir. Uh, so, you know, that 10 cents would grow to the $13,000 by the 18th hole. It just doesn't make sense. So let's assume in, in our, our vision here that we've got eight years, the rest of this year, including 2030, uh, to reach 420 people, to convert, to baptize, to disciple 430 people, okay? Let me show you what this looks like, okay? Now, Matthew, if you don't know Matthew, uh, he is, he's very passionate about evangelism. He actually just started an evangelism class, a training class uh, that is tied to the gospel chariot missions who are going to be here tonight. I sat in this class this morning, and it's great. But hey, listen, there's only two students in there. We could use some more, okay? Just saying. Hopefully this will, will motivate you a little bit for that too, okay? Let's use the same power of doubling. Let's use the same power of doubling. Matthew, I, wanna, I want you to help me, okay? And some of you guys are going to be helping me too, okay? Just so you, you don't know this yet. Matthew didn't know he was coming up here either. So it's okay. So it's 2023. So Matthew, we've got four months approximately left in 2023. You're just going to help me visualize this, okay? You don't even have to say anything, okay? Just, just go grab somebody real quick and come back up here, okay? So let's, let's imagine that Matthew is going to uh, attempt to, to share the gospel with somebody uh, this year, and he shares the gospel with BJ. BJ's already Christian, but, uh, but let's, let's pretend for the illustration that he's not a Christian. So this year, they've doubled. Fantastic, right? Okay, so, so now it's 2024. Hey, guys, can, can each one of you just go get one more person, please? All right, so uh, in 2023, we went from one person to two people. Uh, now 2024, uh, don't go all the way to the back. We, we got a few times to go, guys. Just <laughs> grab somebody close. Come on. <laughs> all right. All right, you guys that are close to the front, be ready because we're going to do this a few times. All right, so uh, 2024, uh, we go from uh, two people to four people, okay? Uh, now it's 2025. Hey, you four up here, can each of you go grab one more person, please? All right, now it's 2026. 2026. Just go grab somebody real quick, whoever's close. Just grab them real fast. All right, so 2023, we went from one people to two people. 2024, we went from two people to, to four people. Uh, 2025, we go from four people to eight people. All right, hey, you eight folks, real quick. 2026, can each of you go grab one person and bring them up here, please? Just one person. Each of you grab one person. That's all it's got to take. So we're at eight people right now. Uh, and, and each, everybody's reaching out and you're being evangelistic and you're reaching out to folks. Uh, and now those eight people have turned into slowly, but surely. And look, all the Kirby boys are up here. Good job. <laughs> Kirby family's doing a good job evangelizing. Now we've got 16 people. So, uh, 2023, 
one to two. 2024, two to four. 2025, four to eight. 2026, eight to 16. One more time, guys. Everybody go get one person, okay? Everybody go get one more person, okay? So I believe this is 2027. And we started out just with, with one person this year, with Matthew, who's passionate about evangelism and wants to reach the lost. We started out with just one person. And you'll notice I didn't ask, I didn't ask that same person to go and convert 31 other people, did I? I didn't ask that same person to go reach 30, 31 other people. But now we've got, once hop along, uh, Rick gets up there, uh, we'll, have, we'll have 32 people. 32 people. Now listen. Praise God if we could do this. Praise God if we could do this. And it wasn't that tough, was it? It was one person having an entire year's worth of time to reach one person. It doesn't sound that difficult, does it? Now listen, if you can continue on with this for the next year, you go from 32 to 64. Go from 64 to 128. Go to 128 to 256. And by 2030, with one person... It started with one person. We've got a, about 400 people here today, probably a little more, okay? If one of us, in the next four months, will help convert one person, and then those two people next year, next, the next 12 months, will take the time and the energy and the effort to do their very best to reach one person each, and so on and so forth. By 2023, if we only had one person do this, we could reach 256 people. Thank you guys very much. I appreciate you. I'm going to go sit down. So it sounds like 420 people. It sounds like just a, an insurmountable number. How in the world are we going to do that? There, there's no way that we could do that. But with God, all things are possible. Amen? With God, all things are possible. And if we look at it that way, that doesn't even sound that difficult. I think we could do that. Now listen, that was with one person. What if it was 10 people? What if this year, in the next four months, out of a group of 400 of us, 10 of us, which is about 2.5% of us, a very low percentage, in the next four months, 10 of us did our very best, or maybe more than 10 of us, but 10 of us were successful at discipling one other person. And then those 10 people turned to 20 people. Those 20 people turned to 40 people. Eventually, do you know what the number would be? If you're good at math, you already know. You know what the number would be? 2,000. 560 people. My question for you is why not? Why not? And you may think that sounds like a big deal, and amen. Sounds like a big deal. Sounds like something our God would be awfully interested in us doing. Sounds like something our God will be awfully interested in us doing. Now you may look at that and you say, man, that's a lot. You know, half of uh, 2560 is a number that I'm not going to think of right this second. Uh, but, but, you know, it would take that many people reaching one person. But, but let me show you something. Even in that last year, 2030, uh, for whatever half of 2560 is, uh, to, to each reach one person, that would still only be 43% of all the people we had reached up to that point. What does that mean? That means less than half of us would have to do what all of us should be doing to reach that big number that we just talked about. Less than half of us would be doing what all of us are commanded to do. Brothers and sisters, it's not an optional thing. It's something we're commanded to do. Brothers and sisters, I, I, 
I firmly believe that God wants the lost to be saved. Do you believe that? I believe God wants the lost to be saved, and I, I know that God has given that mission to the church. And that the elders here at this congregation have come up with the vision of reaching and converting and discipling 450 by the year 2030. And sometimes that may sound like just a, a number that's too big. It's not too big for our God. And if we will put effort into it, I would dare say it's not too big for us with our God. This morning, let's look at 1 Corinthians, starting in chapter 1. First, the, the church at Corinth, they had their issues. And, and while our issues are different, and, and let's not pretend that we don't have issues. Every group of people has issues. Every person has issues. So, so we've got issues. Uh, the, the, the issues that uh, the Corinthians had, I don't believe are issues that, that we necessarily have. At least they're not ones that I know about. Uh, but, but they have issues, but, but I know that whatever their issues are specifically and whatever our issues are collectively or individually are specifically, that the, the solutions are similar. And we'll want to focus on these three things this morning. So 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, we'll start in verses 10 through 13. If you're using a pew Bible, that's on page 952. Pew, 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 pew Bible 952. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verses, sorry, sorry chapter 1 verses 10 through 13. Uh, it says there, Now I exhort you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. For I am informed concerning you, my brothers, by Chloe's people, that there are quarrels among you. Now I mean this, that each one of you is saying, I'm of Paul, and I'm of Apollos, and I'm of Cephas, and I'm of Christ. Now, in verse 12, we see that, that they have some, some personal preference issues, okay? Now, that they may be thinking about, well, I prefer Paul's teaching better, or I prefer Apollos' teaching better. Now, that, that may or may not be an issue that we have here, but, but certainly we have personal preference issues we always have those any group of people is going to have personal preference issues but what's paul's conclusion in verse 13 has christ been divided was paul circumcised for you or were you baptized in the name of paul what my my what i think paul is saying here is this the solution to this problem of personal preferences they have is stop worrying about what you want and start focusing on jesus Stop worrying about what you think is best and start focusing on Christ. What's the solution to whatever problem it might be tied to personal preferences? Stop thinking about you. I got to stop thinking about me and start focusing on Jesus. Look at chapter 3. Let's look, read verses 1 through 9. And I, brothers, was not able to speak to you as spiritual men, but as fleshly men, as to infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. Indeed, he says, even now you're still not able for, there is still, for you are still fleshly. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, you are, are you not fleshly? And are you not walking like mere men? For one who says, I'm of Paul, another I'm of Apollos, are you not mere men? What then is Apollos? And what is Paul? They're servants through whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth, or God gave the increase. Uh, he, he's... They, they have a problem where they've latched on too much to the messenger rather than the, the message and rather than the message of Jesus. They have a problem here that they're focusing on the wrong thing. Let's continue on and see what it says. Uh, verse number 7. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God causes the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, but each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. And then I love verse 9. It was true for the church at Corinth. It's true for the church here at Jefferson Avenue. We are... God's fellow workers. What does that mean? 
Let's tie it into what we're talking about this morning. We, we want to reach. We have, we have said it. We have publicized it. We're talking about it. I, I, am, I am letting you know that we have a goal that by the end of, of 2030, we want to have converted, discipled, baptized 450 people. To put that out there, what does it mean? If we don't reach it, in some form or fashion, we've, we've fallen short of that goal. You could say we failed. So our shepherds have been brave enough and bold enough through prayer and trusting in the power of Jesus to say, hey, we're going to do our best to reach this goal. We're going to do it. And we are in the process of doing that. And our shepherds are putting thought and effort into how, what that looks like and what that looks like for us and if we grow and as we grow. We put that out there. But we're not working by ourselves. We are God's fellow workers. God is working on this mission. God is working on this vision. He's the one behind it, and he's the one, ultimately, that will, su- will see whether it succeeds or fails. If we're doing the right things for the right reasons, I have no doubt, zero doubt, that we'll be able to do this. And if we're doing it for the wrong reasons or with the wrong motives, God will show us that too, and we'll fail. Again, that's a burden that we place upon our back. We better be doing it for the right reason. We better be doing it in the right ways. Or we'll fail. I know because the Bible tells me that God wants the lost to be saved. And if we will do our part in being God's fellow workers, I have zero doubt that we will succeed. Because God is working alongside us. I will fail. I'll mess up. I'll fall short, so will you, God will not. He's going get to it, get it done. I'll plant sometimes and sometimes I'll fail to plant. I'll water sometimes and sometimes I'll fail to water. But God will give the increase if we're doing it for the right reasons and in the right way. Why not? Why not accomplish this goal? Look at uh, chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Actually, let's back up chapter 3, sorry, verse 11. Uh, for no one can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Okay, well, how, how do we make sure that we're doing it the right way? How do we make sure that we're uh, doing it with the right motives, that we're doing the right things? Uh, first of all, focus on Jesus. Secondly, teach Jesus. Again, my personal preference, my opinions, and yours do not matter. Jesus matters. There is one foundation that the church is built upon, and that is Jesus. And if we will teach Jesus, we will grow we will teach jesus we will grow and certainly if we pair it with chapter 4 verses 1 and 2 there's no doubt we'll grow chapter 4 verse 1 let a man can be let a man consider us in this manner as servants of christ and stewards of the mysteries of god you are you christian not me preacher not elders you christian are a steward someone who has within your control and in your possession and you are in charge of it the mysteries of god in ephesians chapter 3 paul defines what that mystery is that mystery is salvation for all no longer just the jews but jews and gentiles alike god wants all people everywhere to be saved all people your neighbor god wants them to be saved your coworker your boss your employee your best friend, your worst enemy. God wants them to be saved. That's the mystery. You might not want that. Somebody else might not want that. It may not make a whole lot of sense to other people, but God wants his creation, each and every one of us, to be saved. And again, he's given you 
this mystery. In Second uh, Corinthians chapter four and verse seven, it's described this way as treasures in jars of clay. Treasure this this treasure that's been entrusted within you, this jar of clay, your life. You have this mystery, you have this treasure in your life. And he says, this is what we must teach. And maybe more importantly, this is what we must follow. Verse 2, in this case, moreover, it is required of the steward that one be found faithful. Uh, The church at Corinth had its issues. We've got our issues. Everybody's got issues. That's not the point. The point is, whatever the issues are, the solutions are similar. I want to challenge you, I want to encourage you, I I want to help you as best I can, in whatever way I can, focus on Jesus, teach Jesus, follow Jesus. Is it that simple? Yes. It's not more difficult than that? No. Focus on Jesus, teach Jesus, follow Jesus, and God will give the increase. Now, if you look around real quick, it's going to be hard to fit 450 more people in this building. Are there some questions to answer with that? Absolutely. What are the answers to those questions? I don't know. And I don't care. I just want to help us reach the lost. Because that's what Jesus commanded us to do. And I trust and I know that you want to do that too. Uh, But sometimes you may wonder how, how are we going to do that? How, maybe you wonder maybe more specifically, how am I? going to do that. Turn to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. Let's read verses 35 through 38. Matthew chapter 9. Starting verse 36 actually. Matthew chapter 9 verse 36 through 38. We mentioned this a couple weeks ago I think in a Sunday night lesson but I want to share it with you again. Jesus as he's going around a lot of times crowds are following him and uh, you know he's teaching them. He's healing them. He's performing miracles. He's doing all kinds of amazing things and and people are following him and and one of these times uh, it happens here in Matthew chapter 9 verse 36 and it says and Jesus seeing the crowds felt compassion for them because they were distressed and downcast like sheep without a a shepherd then he said to his disciples the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few and then he prayed to the Lord or he told his disciples hey make sure you pray for the lost make sure you pray for the lost that they will come to church is that what he prayed that's not what my version says uh, then he prayed for the lost. Help those people who are living ungodly lives to, uh, to come to their senses and to start living godly lives. Is that what he prayed? No, that's not what my version says. Notice what it says in Matthew chapter 9, verse 38. Therefore, because the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Brothers and sisters, several years ago when the study was made and the numbers have probably only grown, In our community, in the place where you live and I live, there are 45,000 people that will boldly proclaim, I am not a Christian. I do not go to church. I have no affiliation with any religious activity. And there are countless more that may or may not have some sort of relationship with God but aren't really following Jesus. The harvest is plentiful. And what does the Lord tell us to do? He tells us to do this. Let's pray. Lord God Almighty, Father of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Jesus. Lord, this is something we we know. 
but maybe we ignore sometimes. That there are lost people around us. Maybe in our family. Maybe in our jobs. But definitely in our community. God, there's so many. We have no hope of reaching them all. Not without you. God, thank you for allowing us to be your fellow workers. Lord, help us to come alongside you and pull in the way that you're pulling and work in the way you're working and serve in the way you're serving. And God, I pray this morning that in this crowd and in crowds around town right now in churches, that you'll send us workers. God, I pray I'll be a worker. Lord, I pray that I'll be someone who will diligently reach out to the lost. But Lord, I, I pray that in, the, in, in this group of 400 or so folks, I have no doubt that the vast majority of us know that we need to be reaching the lost. But something's holding us back. Lord, I pray, I ask you to remove whatever that is, to get it out of our lives. Help us to focus on you. Lord, please forgive us for those sins, and Lord, please help us to be workers in the fields that you have made right for us, God. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Help us to live our life in a response to his goodness and his grace and mercy that saves us from our sin. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. This morning, will you be one of ten? Just ten. Again, there's about 400 of us here this morning. If, if two and a half percent of us, if ten people in the next four months will think about someone in their life that's close to them who is lost, hopefully you just thought of that person, and you will focus on and you will plant the seed of the gospel of Jesus, and you will water that seed, And others will come alongside you and water. And maybe you'll go alongside other people and you'll water the seed that they've planted. Will you be one of just ten people to do that? And what if we did more? What if it was 20 or 30 or 50? Man, what if all 400 of us actually did what Jesus tells us to do? What difference could be made? This morning, will you be one of ten? This morning, will you be one? This morning, are you not a Christian, but you believe that Jesus Christ is a resurrected Son of God? Will you name Him as the Lord of your life? Will you submit to baptism where all your sins can be washed away and you can rise up and and walk a new life and and you don't even have to have all the answers about what that looks like and what that is and, and what do I do there? But do you believe Jesus is the resurrected Son of God? Do you recognize you've got sin in your life that needs to be forgiven? Will you say and will you proclaim and will you tell other people, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus now, and sometimes he gets way ahead of me, and I don't follow him very well, and sometimes he turns right, and I turn left, but then I recognize that, and I follow him again, and when you submit to baptism, where all those sins, and failures, and shortcomings, and all the stuff in your life that you know isn't godly, you know isn't good, it's washed away, and in God's eyes, the creator of everything, including the creator of you, you are pure, and clean, and holy, and righteous, If you're not a Christian this morning and you want to become a Christian, will you be one? Just one person to become a Christian. You don't have to do that as we stand and sing here in a second, but if you want to, we certainly are all here for you as your church family. Uh, Brothers and sisters, you know there are lost people around you every day. And you have the saving message of the gospel of Jesus. They will not believe it if they do not hear it.
If you have any needs this morning, we invite you to come as we stand and sing.